Who let the dogs in? It was Adam. And now we know. Yeah. Uh, that was a dad joke. Because I'm a dad. Yeah. My nine-year-old always wants me to tell her jokes. She's always asking for a joke, and I just don't know that many jokes, especially those that uh, I can tell a nine-year-old. So okay. she's a little disappointed because I don't have good jokes for her. All right. Right, it's the uh, Chance of Gaming Podcast, episode 34. No pressure or anything, but this will be the first podcast that people listen to that's like new and fresh that we like met at um, uh, Dice Tower Con. So, you know, no pressure. We'll just, you know, do it like we always do. And uh, yeah, I'm Adam Chance, and with me always is Richard and Roy. Good evening, everyone. This is Rich coming from St. Louis, Missouri. And this is uh, Roy coming from Holland, Michigan. And we are sponsored, sponsored by AlterDementia.com. And it's spelled a really weird way, and you'll have to look in the show notes at ChanceOfGaming.com. And what we've got for you is a 20% off discount code to get your Who's It's and What's It's 3D printed. And that code is COG2019. And uh, yeah, again, this will be in the show notes. It'll be all right there. You can get all kinds of, uh, I think he's got a Fat Dragon license and a couple more. All kinds of fun dungeons and monsters and stuff. We even gave away a dragon a couple months ago. That was pretty nice. And, uh, yeah, so head on over there to alterdementia.com. It's like alter 3 dementia. Yeah, I can't even begin to spell it because I can't. Long-time listeners will know I can't spell anything. So, you know, that's just sort of thing. Or pronounce. Yeah. You know, uh... This being like the first uh, one that we, you know, after we met each other, you know, it, it was interesting. Um, what did I, I thought? I thought Roy would be taller. I thought Richard would be shorter. You know, that's that's about it. <laughs> you know, and so uh, I had uh, I had entertained the notion of finding somebody who looked vaguely like me, and just kind of giving them the down low on who you guys were and having him. Like take my badge and go over and talk to you guys. And that would it would have worked. It absolutely would have worked. You know, well, except Richards met you once, but then he could be like, well, yeah, months. once, yeah. But I, I thought maybe I could uh, fly under the radar a little bit there. Yeah. Now you thought I was gonna be shorter. Yeah, thought you'd be shorter like, and Roy be taller. I'm like five seven and a half. How short did you think I was gonna be? It's like five two, <laughs> something like that. You know, I don't know. Like like the guy yelling at the subway on the video last week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The bagel the, place. The, the bagel, bagel place. Guy. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> Poor dude, man. That's that's like it's like really bad. I know women have it like really really bad when it comes to appearance and stuff, but like pretty much one of the worst things you can be for a guy is short. Because, like, I'm I'm just average height, and, like, you know, like, my dad and my brother are, you know, are, like, six-something, you know, and it's, yeah, I'm just average. And um, my first wife was five feet tall, and, uh, yes, I so we produce short-ish kids, and they hate it. But, uh, yes, to be a guy and be short is, is really bad. I don't think you should throw a fit in the... Um, 
you know, the bagel shop or anything, but, you know, here we are. <laughs> so, uh, I was trying to think of something else from Dice Tower Con. I mean, we, basically, you know, Dice Tower Con, we broke it. After we went there, Tom was like, no more, buddy, uh-uh. Yeah, he said there's too many people there, and I think he said he was going to cut the numbers by exactly three. <laughs> he, uh, I think you know what it was. I think it was me putting uh, my little or brave little Belgium in front of him. And getting I think that, that yeah. was what did it. That guy. Yeah. I, I believe it. Yeah, I mean, he uh, they're dropping that convention from three thousand to like eighteen hundred, and I had no idea that like he. Um, you know, he was just kind of, he just promoted it and just put his name on it. And I'm maybe probably profited from it somehow or whatever, but he wasn't involved in like the day to day running. And so now, mm -hmm. you know, uh, he will be. And uh, yeah. the, the people that used, that did run it for, for him uh, has started a new convention called uh, something about winter or something. Winter Escape, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. and that will be, of course, it won't be a rival to Dice Tower Con. I think it'll be, like, in October, November, something like that. Uh, yeah, I think they said beginning of November, which is a better time to go to Orlando. Uh, yeah, it was hot as balls there. Oy. Yeah. And then also, the, the people that ran it that are starting the new con, I think they're the ones that actually own the game library as well. Oh, okay. So, I, I think that that game library is kind of jointly owned. So, like, when oh, okay. I got copies each one had a label that said this one's owned by and uh a fellow by the name of patrick hovert is uh was the kind of the the ceo i guess if you want to say of of dice tower con right and he i think just kind of hired tom saying hey you know we're having this 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 uh convention and we, we want to want to hire you to uh uh come and be a part of it hmm. yeah so, so Dice Tower is going to have it's still the Orlando one. They're going to call that Dice Tower East, and there's Dice Tower West in Vegas, the Dice Tower Cruise, and then also they have a Dice Tower Retreat. I don't know where that is. So yeah, apparently the Retreat yeah. is much smaller, and it's just it's just nothing but games, no events at all. Yeah. See, like, the chance of Gaming Con would be very large, but it would be nothing but a giant vendor room. That's right. Once yeah. you buy it, you're not allowed to play it. So that's just, that's just the way it goes. Although the chance of gaming cruise would be nice. We'll go from St. Louis, Missouri down to Vicksburg. We'll do it on a riverboat. Mississippi River Cruise, absolutely. Yes, that's, what, that's what we'll do for the chance of gaming cruise. Aha. Uh -huh. With cosplay and, and uh, <laughs> uh, emote uh, poker. Yeah, I, told, I will dress up like an old an old-timey gambler. And, yep. and stereotypical uh, Southern. You know. I'll start packing my carpet bag to make it down. <laughs> One thing I did want to mention was uh, something Roy and I talked about. He, he had talked to some people, and they were like, you know what, I like the podcast, but it's it's too long. So, I, you know, I kind of, you know, kind of tuned into that a little bit, you know, and um, at least from my perspective, like I look at, other podcasts that are, you know, maybe war gaming, miniature gaming, or whatever, and I look at them, and they're, you know, they're running like four or five hours or longer. You know, they're not as long as hardcore history. Yeah, that is true. Uh, that is very true. Some of them are longer, you know. And I mean, I don't know. I'd be curious to know, like, what people would like us not necessarily cut, but to spend less time on. 
maybe they don't care what we play. Uh, maybe they don't care if we, you know, suddenly discovered the board game Clue in the in the year 2019. I, I don't know, but I, I'd be curious to know. Yeah. So why don't, why don't you drop us a line at chanceofgaming at gmail.com. You know, let us know. Let us know. So, uh, what have you guys been playing? So, I played a lot of games at Dice Tower Con, but I'm not going to go too much into those, just because we, we talked about those on the live stream already, um, which... I don't know if uh, I don't know if people will watch that one, but you know I'm sure it's. Do those stay on Twitch for a while? Uh, I actually think it, I think they do, and I think uh, like six weeks or something like that, or okay. I can archive them or something, and yeah. Yeah, so go check that out. Um, um, recently since I got back from the con, I actually finished up a couple of games. Um, my nine-year-old daughter and I have been playing Star Wars Imperial Assault. We played the the online app campaign. I think it's called like. Flight of the Freedom Fighter or something like that. It was only five missions, but, you know, it was fun. Um, uh, there's a couple other expansions that they have, Jabba's Realm and I think the Hoth one, where they offer more application-based campaigns. So I think I'm going to pick one of those up so that we can continue playing. But we did finish the first campaign. And then um, my my friends and I, I got a friend and his wife, and then my, my middle child, We've been playing Time Stories, and we've been playing that for a while. Uh, and just yesterday, we finished up the entire White Cycle, which is the the first um, the first cycle of games. They the Blue Cycle has been announced. They're going to make some changes to it, play it a little differently. But basically, Time Stories starts off as just you know you buy the one box and you play through the game one time, and then you have to buy every expansion separately. So. Honestly, I didn't buy any of these. My friend bought all of them, but I'm sure he spent two to three hundred dollars on all these because there's something like nine expansions plus the regular game, and he bought all of them. So it's uh, it's quite a price sink. It was a fun game. We got a lot of play out of it, um, even though really every time you, well, you play everything, and once you solve it, you move on. Um, but then, spoilers when you get to the very end of the whole thing you find out that there were things you missed before. So now there are a few things that we're going to go back and try to pick up just so we can complete it and get everything we need to complete the cycle uh, for real this time. So it's it's interesting. It's It's got a lot of good mechanics. I like the game. Uh, the way it ended is a little odd. Um, the, last, the last mission was, was strange. I don't want to give spoilers because it, it is, in a sense... In a, essentially a, a mystery game that you're trying to solve a puzzle. So I don't want to give too many spoilers out, but the last one was a little odd, and, and the online reaction to it was, was not very good, and I, I can definitely see why. Overall, if I had spent that much money on the game, I probably wouldn't think I got my money's worth on it, but it was certainly worth it when my friend bought the game. So, <laughs> so my, you... my advice to you is to get someone else to buy the game and play it. <laughs> That, that's always good advice for, for any yeah, game. Save yourself absolutely. money. And then uh, last week we started playing in our Thursday night group, we started playing Bar Lev, which is a new game that just came out from Compass Games. Uh, the designer is a local guy here named Chris Fawcett, and I was actually at Chris's house playing Bar Lev with him. So um, it's a game about the 1973 Arab-Israeli War. It's pretty interesting. It's got two separate maps. Um, because it was a two-front war for Israel. They got invaded by Egypt on one side and Syria on the other. 
and the, the maps are completely separate, you can play anywhere from two to four players. So if you play two players, then one guy does Israel and the other guy does Egypt and Syria. We actually have played with four players. So there are two Israeli commanders. Each one gets a front. There is an Egyptian commander and a Syrian commander. Um, but the really interesting thing is the Israeli commanders have a mechanic where they can shuffle forces between the two fronts, depending on who needs them the most at the time. So uh, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, it's it's a, a fairly good-sized game that's got um, a lot of counters and pretty good-sized map. It's not a monster by any means, but it's big and it takes a while to set up, especially if you play the Egyptians, just because they have so many units. But they've got a lot to do, do too. They've got to cross the canals and build bridges and everything else. So um, that one's called Bar Lev. It just came out a few weeks ago, and we just started playing last week. So. Yeah, I saw the uh, picture you posted on Twitter at yeah. STL. What, what is uh, it's, it's Trippier Jr. Trippier Jr., yeah. Trippier or Jr. STL Wargamer is my handle or whatever you call it. But it's Trippier Jr., yeah. So um, I, I was I saw the, the two maps, and I was like, wow, that takes up a lot of real estate. Do you have to play with both maps at the same time? No, you can, if, especially if you're just playing a two-player game, you can pick one of the fronts and just play that side of it. So you can play the Egyptian front or the Syrian front um, on just one map. There's scenarios for that. And then there's a mechanic in the game that allows you to um, decide which forces are abstracted and having to go to the other front. So obviously, if you're only fighting on one front, you're not going to get access to the entire Israeli army. You're just going to basically get half of it. And then one game that we did play at the convention, but I just wanted to bring it up because we've been playing a lot at home, is uh, called Thanos Rising, which this was, I think, the first game that my daughter picked out of the game library when we were at the convention. And she picked it out, and I told her she could pick out anything she wanted, and it, it looked to me like one of those just generic games that they slapped the popular thing on, and I thought, okay, whatever, we'll play this, and then we'll play something good. But it's actually a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. We've enjoyed it quite a bit. It's not its not an easy game. Uh, we've played it probably a dozen times and only won once uh, just because, you know, it's got tough mechanics in it and the, the villains get out there and Thanos is trying to collect all the stones. So there's basically two ways that you can lose. You can lose if they kill a bunch of your heroes or if he collects all the stones. And then the way that you win is by killing off a number of his villains before he, he can collect the stones. So it's, um, it's uh, I guess it's probably a tableau builder is what I would call it because you're trying to use the same dice to either attack the villains or recruit heroes. So, you know, you'll start off as Doctor Strange or Captain America or Gamora or Black Panther and there will be other heroes that will come up over the course of play and by rolling certain symbols on the dice, you can recruit them to your side. You get bonuses, like a lot of deck builders, for having matching symbols and stuff like that as well. There's some healing in the game that you can use. And then there's villains that do different special abilities depending on what dice you roll as well. But the dice are, um, you know, like any dice game, it can be frustrating at times because you can have all the attack dice ready to go and you roll nothing but non-attack symbols and you get mad and... Sometimes you have the odds in your favor and you just don't roll what you want, but that's that's part of any dice game and it's a lot of fun and it plays in like 45 minutes, so it's a nice quick game. So uh, this past Tuesday, I went to my friendly local game store and uh, they had a copy of Root 
I had two copies of Ruth in, uh, for sale. And I thought, boy, it's 60 bucks. I don't think I want to, uh, you know, drop that much on it. But maybe, you know, maybe if it's still around on the weekend, maybe I'll, I, could, I can talk myself into buying it. So then on Wednesday, my friend Dana texted me and said, hey, there's a copy of Root at, <laughs> at the game store. I said, well, yesterday they were two. And so he, he said, well, I think you should buy it. So that's crazy. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing about you. Said, well, it sounds right, like sounds like me in the time stories. I think you should buy it. I think you should buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Dana picked up Root and brought it over on Friday, and uh, I played my third game of Root, uh, playing the Vagabond, um, because he had seen or uh, had played the other three factions, um, and so my kind of my knowledge of of Rich, what you were doing when we played, and when uh, your friend Wayne was playing the Vagabond. I mm-hmm. uh, I kind of muddled my way through it, but it still required quite a bit of looking at the at the, uh, at the book and making sure I was doing everything correctly. So I didn't win because I got to I was getting up to about maybe twenty points, and uh, then everybody looked at me and like, yeah, we need to stop you. So I got there was one turn where I got beat up like twice, <laughs> and I that was tough to to come out of that. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway, yes, I played Root, and I'll probably be playing that again this coming Friday. Um, but so now I do have one criticism about Root, and the um, so Rich, when the first time, I guess the second time we played, um, you were at about twenty-seven or twenty-eight points, and nobody else was even close to you. Well, at that point, it kind of becomes a foregone conclusion yes. that you know somebody's going to win. Yeah, and unless you're playing the birds, it's it's impossible to lose victory points. Mm-hmm. So yeah, once someone gets into the mid twenties, at that point, it's there was one game that I played with a friend of mine where I was up in the mid to high twenties, and he was able to pull off a big turn and go from like twenty to thirty in one turn. But unless you're capable of getting a big turn, and leapfrogging someone, once someone gets up into the mid twenties, it's really like, well, can we? Can we? Can anyone else win before the next turn? If not, a lot of games just end before it even gets to the winner because everyone says, well, you're going to win, so who cares? Yeah. So that I guess that's my knock on it. It's a little bit anticlimactic. Yeah. And I wish that there was a way that you could... And that there is no way to make a player lose points other than playing the birds and going into turmoil with that, right? Cor- that's correct, yes. Okay. And even then, like the when the birds go into turmoil, they're going to lose at least two for the the viziers, right. and then any other bird cards they would have played. So maybe up to maybe five. Correct, uh, and then so they, they will still block, and they will still gain victory points depending on the number of roosts that they have. Okay. So a lot of times, even when the birds lose points by the end of the turn, they still come out even or maybe up one or two depending on how well they're doing. Okay. So the birds is the only faction I have not played yet, and I'll uh, this coming Friday I'll probably give the birds a try, or I'll stick with the vagabond. But you know, I guess I'd be fine to play whatever. So. Yeah, gum. I I tried the birds on my first go. <laughs> I had they're complicated. Just yeah. In, you know, you have to do all these actions every turn, and uh, Richard was right. He was like. They go through governments like a banana republic or something, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that was 
difficult. I I still want to try the little vagabond guy. I think I think I'd do well with him. So the other thing about uh, playing this Friday is that we're going to play with a, a guy who has always wanted to play but has never had the opportunity to do it. He's the guy that always ends up like he's he's one of these super analyzer guys. He's an engineer, and um, so he he can look at a game for you know fifteen minutes and he has a solution to it. So we're hoping that we have enough uh, enough enough chops on him that we can. Uh, uh, we can both beat him. So looking forward to that too. Yeah, we've so. we've got one of those guys in my gaming group. He just when no matter what game we play, he's always either winning or, or dang close to it. Yeah. I'm usually at the bottom, but that's fine. I mean that's yeah. that's fine as long as they're like not a like a dick about it. No, he you know? and he's not at all. He's not at all. I, I, I see those guys a lot. They're they're serious, you know, they're they're serious to play and I sure. I, pre- I always appreciate like how patient they are. You know, with dummies like me that just want to, like, make jokes the whole time or whatever. And, you know, like, you know, I'm just planning. You'll get around to my, you know, their turn and they'll do whatever. And if they happen to lose, they're, you know, they're usually pretty gracious. They're like, and what kills me is they're like, well, what strategy did you do here? And blah, blah, blah. And, I, and I'm just like, um, dumb luck. That's <laughs> that's how that happened. Dumb luck. So. I just picked a card. I didn't know what it did, but I went with it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like yeah. that card looked cool, so I decided to play it. I like the color combination on it. Yeah, I don't remember the exact quote, but I think it was the Germans talking about it in the Americans in World War II, and basically they said you can't strategize against them because they have no strategy. <laughs> <laughs> that the Americans just do whatever they want, so they're impossible to strategize against. There was something to that effect. You know, whatever I do, what I want. <laughs> Back in the day, there was a first-person shooter video game called America's Army. Do you guys remember that? I do remember that, yeah. Okay. I had a lot of fun playing that game. But I noticed that the, the guys you had to really be uh, careful of were the newbies. The the, the veterans, you, they were kind of predictable about what they were going to do. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the newbies that would, would kind of pop up in a place you were totally not expecting. So kind of the same thing with, uh, uh, you know, new people at, at board games, or can be. I can believe that. And, uh, oh. yeah, sorry for the people at home. I have a cold, so <clears throat> I'll try to not – I'll try not to infect you while I do this podcast. <laughs> so uh, after Root, I – so this is a game I actually played at Dice Tower and I don't remember if I talked about it in the live stream, um, but it's called Welcome to – your perfect home. And this is, and roll and rights apparently are, are going crazy here. These roll and write games. Yeah, I've so seen more picked... of this lately too. Even even some other like games that started out as something else and they've recently come up with like a roll and write version of. Yeah, we bought uh, Imperial Settlers roll and write at the con. Um, but this uh, Welcome to Your Perfect Home is a roll and write, but there's no dice in it. It's with cards. And so you have three tiles that you're pulling cards from. And the, the one side of the card has a house number on it. And then the other side has, it may be a pool or a park or something. And so if you, you flip the top card, and then you have the back of one card and the top of the other one will show a house number and then a special thing that you can do. And so basically it's a roll and write where you're putting down house numbers in order. So you have three different rows, 
and you're supposed to go from lowest to highest and order the house numbers. And um, there's victory conditions like, so if you have a, one of the cards is uh, you can build a fence. So if you have one of the, the goals, if you can build a block of four houses and a fence and six houses and a fence and two houses and a fence, if you can get that pattern, you can turn it in and get the victory. Um, Are those group goals or individual goals? Individual. Anybody can, can achieve it. Um, but like some of them, if you uh, get it first, and of course you get a bump for that, and then anybody else can get the lower score after that. Okay. So it's, it's light, and it's uh, the uh, the artwork is kind of that 50s era, you know, uh, boundless uh, optimism kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, it's... I and. We've been looking around for it, but apparently it's maybe it's between printing. But I think when that comes out, we're going to pick that up at our, at our FLGS. And uh, so finally, the last game I've played is a game called Legendary Forest, which is uh, very much kind of in the spirit of Parkinson. Um, but you, uh, everybody draws the same tile. So each player has their own set of 25 tiles. And there's one person that's called the architect that draws a tile and says, okay, we're placing tile 16. Okay. And um, you put it onto your board. So you, each person has their own individual board and you're trying to um, just optimize your points. So like some of the cards will say, take a tree and put a tree down on your board. And the, the, uh, the trees will give you what for your points. So that's a legendary forest is from ILO games. So Emma and I played a game at the con called number nine. And it was kind of the same way where each player had their own individual deck, but they had to play the same thing at the same time. So this was actually a game where the pieces were, were numbers and you had to sort of build the numbers into a pyramid. And then your final score was the level of the pyramid times the numbers that were in that level. So Obviously, a 9 at level 4 is going to get you 36 points. An 8 at level 2 is going to get you 16 points. So, But everyone had to draw the same. You know, you drew a card telling you which number you had to play next. Okay. So you, and then, you lay them out like kind of in a triangle then? No, you just, you just lay them on the table in whatever shape you want to make. But when you put a number, anytime you want to go up a level, the, the key is you, you can't have any space underneath and all the numbers are slightly oddly shaped, so you know you have to fit the number on top of a another number where everything is already covered. But it made me think of this because of the way everyone has to play the same card. And we played it a couple different ways. First, we just played it where it was just all out on the table, and then the second time we put the box between us so we couldn't see what each other was doing. And I thought that was interesting because then, you know, you don't get any ideas from the other person, and it's interesting you. You play the same numbers in the same order and end up with wildly different shapes. Hmm. All right. All right. So I get that. That's is... what I've been playing. What did you say? I said that's what I've been playing. Okay. Uh, who? Okay. Uh, I have been playing uh, nothing thus far. And, so you, uh, you picked up Commands and Colors Medieval. I know. Have you had a chance to play that yet? No. I mean, I got it all stickered and everything. That counts. That's like yeah, something. Yeah, that does count because that's like. <laughs> What two three hours probably? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I always I always found it uh, pretty uh, cathartic, you know, uh, just putting them on. I just sit there watch something and just put them on, and yeah. I have been trying uh, my personal best to get 
lean over so this is old school tactical to the table ever since i took it out and like looked at the i saw that like how giant the map was and the counter uh number is small so i've actually been wanting to put that out and just set up the first scenario and kind of read over the rule book but you know the copier's been busted at work so i can't print off the uh the updated um rule book you know how it goes yeah so um yeah I mean, that's, I mean, come on! You got to do it at work, where it's in color and it's <laughs> collated, and uh, you know, but double-sided, and yeah, it's awesome. But you know, anyway, I hope to actually get that done and uh, maybe play it some this week. Yeah, other than that, it's been uh, been watching TV, and I actually hope to make it to the movie theater and catch Midsummer tomorrow. Yeah, I haven't really watched much of anything. I haven't seen any of Stranger Things yet. We haven't seen the new Spider-Man movie yet. I finished We're Stranger Things. Entertainment choices. Is Midsummer about the shooting in Norway? No, 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 no. Uh, it, it's okay. a horror movie. It's a. Um, well, that it was is pretty a, uh, uh, How do you just what do, what do you call it? Uh, like a it, a pagan cult type horror movie, like The Wicker Man. Okay. So it's done by the same guy that it's done by the same guy that did um that gummit the one everybody was talking about last year, Hereditary. Yeah, Hereditary. And um I love that one so much as a jaded horror fan. That movie made me like jump out of my seat in one particular scene in the theater. So I have a lot of hopes for Midsummer. So and uh, I probably want to take the kids to see Spider-Man this weekend. I haven't seen it. I hear it's good. And, uh, yeah. Other than that, I watched that uh, that F1 series on Netflix. I mean, it's been there forever. And I just it's been on my list. And it finally rolled around. And I watched it. And I really liked it. So I'm going to try to watch a race this week, uh, end of the month. And see if this uh, thing holds my attention. I highly recommend the movie Rush, too. That really got me interested in F1, and that's probably the reason why I put that series on um, my uh, queue on uh, Netflix. But, yeah. It's a Ron Howard movie. It's got Thor in it and uh, that other guy. It's pretty good. On to what's on your radar. The Any Awards are have happened, did happen, or the nominations. I can't tell. No, okay. The, I think the voting is closed, but there has not been winners yet. But I think, I think voting is still going on. I think. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think for very much longer, though. Um, I just wanted to... There were a, a handful of them on there that I had never heard of that I was like, wow. Uh, so I just wanted to talk about it. And uh, the first one is actually one we've mentioned before. It's called Mothership. It's a sci-fi horror RPG. I just really dig kind of like... I don't know how it plays or anything. I just dig the artwork and the minimalist aspect of it. And the fact like you can be like just kind of like a Joe Doc, Doc worker, you know? Or just a scientist. In addition, you know, you could be an android or marine, you know, like in Aliens or whatever. But yeah, I just like... You could just be like a regular guy. And um, I love the tagline of survive, solve, save, pick one. So, you know, <laughs> I just kind of dig it. And uh, it's apparently people really like it. It's got a couple of uh, expansions and stuff out for it. And, yeah, so that was one. 
And uh, the next one is uh, Cult, with a K. And this is in its fourth edition. Uh, it's something I really liked, I think, back in... Of course, just reading it, not actually playing it. Uh, back in the... Somewhere between the first and not, and not this edition. Uh, I was always been attracted by the artwork and uh, the background of it. And... Um, this is, uh, it was controversial, you know, when it came out in, like, 91, and they're like, you know, because we, we were just barely past the 80s, and, you know, talking about the evil of Dungeons & Dragons and whatnot, and so, yeah. I don't know. I just really dig the, the art direction and stuff on it. So, this is one uh, I would like to pick up. And this so, next thing... Oh, go ahead. For the listeners, I want to just want to say that, that this website is not safe for work. I see nipples. Oh, oh. were there nipples? Oh, as the, as the, the, the angel there. Cult Divin- the uh, com. Oh, yeah, there is some brief areola there on there. So there you go. So, okay, this, this, this is like an uh, uh, adult type thing. Yeah. You get information however you wish. Just be aware that it's there. Um. The next thing on this list really like blew my mind. I don't think I if I had heard about this on a Kickstarter and hell maybe we did maybe we even covered it on the show. I don't think I would have backed it, but actually reading the reviews of it, I really want it. It's called Silent Titans by uh, SwordfishIslands.com, and uh, it's just this whole it's a uh, it's an adventure it's a sandbox thing it's a mystery it's it's all this stuff and plus it's this nice art book oh yeah it also has the whole the whole history of the setting in it uh, there as well which is really attractive to me and it's it's billed as a luxury product i mean it comes with you know all this nice stuff and looks cool and it's only like 50 bucks retail i think you can get it uh cheaper than that in other places but i really really liked it and in reading the reviews um it sounds like it's it can be pretty tough it's got like some horrible stuff that could happen some body horror and stuff like that but i just i like the the art direction and and stuff on this this is something i really really want to actually pick up so you know i know a few months ago We talked about Troika. Did you ever buy that one? No. No? Because I know I saw that one's up for best writing, and I know you had talked about buying it, and I know you like to read them. So I was just curious to know if if you had any experience with that one. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I do remember that one. Uh, It looked really cool, but I have not uh, picked it up yet. I think I added it to my – I do what I always do. I toss it on the uh, the wish list on um, DriveThruRPG. Yeah. Whenever they have a sale, I check and like, okay, this is on sale. <laughs> yeah, it's it's done in that uh, '80s British RPG tradition, and uh, it's designed to like you know kind of get you up and running pretty fast. And um, so since I don't know that much about '80s British RPGs, I found it attractive. So um, yeah, it's got nice art too for it. It's very distinct. <clears throat> and Roy has second chance on here. So this is another roll and write that's uh, from Stronghold Games, which I think it's not quite made it to store shelves yet. Um, but it's uh, kind of a roll and write Tetris, I think. Uh, so I think we're going to end up picking that up once it comes up here. I'm going to file a copyright claim just as soon as I publish <laughs> this thing. Second chance? No. It's fine. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's... Uh, oh, that one's in Rosenberg. 
What's that? Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I just re- realized that one was an Uwe Rosenberg game. Is that a known designer? Oh, yeah, That's absolutely. Agric- He's Yeah, Agricola and Caverna and Fields of Arl oh, and all the, yeah. yeah. Did he do Feast for Odin? I think so, yeah. Okay. All of those big worker placement games, those are his. Like the heavy Euros, that, that's him. Okay, well, that sounds pretty cool. And, Roy, you had one more on here, right? Yeah, so uh, at uh, somebody was talking about this at the uh, con, a game called Smartphone Inc., and it is uh, coming to Kickstarter. So it's a game that's about um, you're basically your, your cell phone manufacturer, and you can kind of allocate your resources towards logistics or, you know, research and development. So it's played over five turns. And um, the, uh, the review that I watched talked about that each uh, uh, faction starts in a different place in the world. And they have a little bit of a, um, you know, a little unique special tile that they have, but they're the rest of their starter cards. It's basically, it's a, it's a, like a playing card sized card that has six icons on it and it's double sided and you flip it around and cover up uh, various things to get a pattern. Uh, and then that's kind of what your, your business plan for that year is going to be. So depending on how many spaces you cover up plus your production kind of, that's how many cell phones or thousands of cell phones or millions or whatever that you're making for that year. And then there's other, um, things that you can put in there to adjust the price and uh so anyway it's there was a game quite a few years ago from tasty menstrual games called ground floor and i played it once and i quite enjoyed it and i have not found it any time since and that's another one of these um kind of uh uh, business simulation thing so it's a worker placement but it seems to me like it's a little bit close to to reality Anyway, Smartphone Inc. is coming on Kickstarter here eventually. But I well, like, I wonder if, like, if you com- if you compete against like the the pear company or the banana company. <laughs> yeah, and their, well, and their stranglehold they have on the market. There should be industrial espionage too, espionage. So well, you can just there stuff might be. <laughs> and, uh, the other thing okay. I noticed... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, in that same vein, you could also have, like, striking workers or, like, news gets out about the terrible conditions in your factory, you know, whatever. Yeah, you could, yeah, Mm -hmm. you could go a lot of different ways with that. I'm sure it's a nice, you know, work, you know, worker placement or or whatever game it is. It can't, it's probably not that dark, but it certainly (laughs) could be. (laughs) So the the game board is uh, double thickness, and that means that there's recesses then for uh, tiles to go in. To, to slot into the board and not slide around. So, like, the board is pocketed, I guess, if, that's the, if you understand what I'm saying. Kind of like, uh, so like side, the side mini boards? Yeah. yeah. Yep, like that. So, I'm going to keep an eye on that. Cool. All right, and uh, the next thing we have on there, I almost forgot, so I decided to just kind of just toss it on here, is Holland Spiel has a new game coming out that looks really cool. I always dig it that it's like, okay, 
I've never heard of this this particular battle you're gamifying. And I go and look it up, and I go, wow, that's so freaking cool. How have I not ever heard of this? You know, and yeah. This is called the Siege of Ismail. That seems correct. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, pretty... It, it's notable because uh, not only is the art done by Ilya Kurdishov, Kurdishov, that guy, uh, who's a well-known who the designer was, just so you could say it. Yeah, it's a, it's a well-known um, war game artist, but this is his uh, a game. I'm not sure if this is his first game that he's ever done, but apparently he does not do a a lot. Oh no, yeah, it, it is his first game. So there you go. He is a historian, and um, yeah. This is this game recreates the 22nd of December 1790 assault on the Ottoman fortress by a Russian army, and it is a famous Russian victory over overwhelming odds. And it said it inspired an unofficial national anthem, "Let the thunder of victory sound." So I'm sure <laughs> that's that's a banger, you know. And I'll, I'll I'll probably find a video for it and drop it in the show notes so you can listen to it while you uh, pre-order this. I mean, it's a thirty-dollar pre-order from Hollandspiel, which is I mean, honestly, that's pretty much the sale price. There's they don't there's not a lot of room, you know. We've covered on Hollandspiel stuff, so you know they're priced pretty well. Nice components, uh, no matter what Tom says. And uh, yeah, I, this will definitely be one that I buy and never play. I feel like. <laughs> but um yeah maybe not so yeah i almost forgot about it so i was gonna toss it on there anyway uh, does it does that appeal to you richard at all this one uh, have you heard of this guy i the, the only reason i heard of it is <coughs> a few people have been talking about it on twitter so I, i've seen the mentions of it it i like the uh i like the map because you know it's it's not hex it's not grid it's just like a sort of a map of this odd-looking fortress, I guess, and then the pieces just kind of... I mean, I haven't read the rules, so I don't know how, how, how the mechanics work, but just from the pictures, at least, it looks like, you know, you just you stick guys where they will fit, which seems kind of cool to me, kind of breaking the rules of, of movement and maps in traditional war games. So that looks interesting. I wonder if we could get this guy on the show. Maybe. He's actually... He has a uh, Behance um, profile as well and i'll link that in the show notes it um it's got it's basically all his maps and stuff that uh he's done behance i discovered this when i started actually painting is a pretty nice free little um kind of social media platform for artists to just you can just put your stuff up there and you can say okay i'm working on this project and it i mean it kind of works like instagram with stories and stuff like that but like all your your stuff is up there Apparently, he did the Sioux Line map. I hear people talk about that all the time, wanting that. He did Lebensraum for Compass Games oh, in yeah. Korea. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's I, done a lot. I haven't played Lebensraum, but I, I've seen the, the box, and I've seen pictures of the map, and it's nice. Of course, Compass Games, all their maps are nice. So That is true. So, uh, he's from Lithuania. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll, um, yeah, if the player's aide have interviewed him, then I can interview him. <laughs> so I'll think about working on that. So moving on to, uh, Cyanide and Happiness have got a, uh, card game up on Kickstarter. Are you guys familiar with that, um, the web comic com or, yeah. yeah, 
And, eh, you know, I kind of thought they'd be a little bit bigger than not have to do Kickstarter, but, eh. So is it, I, is it done by the Sign on Happiness guy, or is it just some game that's using their art and IP or whatever? Um, it appears to be, yeah, it is done by Cyanide and Happiness, and they have created two Kickstarters, and this being one of them, they're out of Richardson, Texas, wherever that is. And, oh, that's uh, where my as, brother lives. Okay. As of this recording, they ask for a measly $69,420. Ha ha. I can see why they did that. And as of this recording, <laughs> they got... I think the response is supposed to be nice. Yeah. Uh, the, as of this recording, they have raised $1,712,943, and they have Holy 22 cow. days left to go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, Saturday Night of Happiness is a super popular webcomic. Um, have no idea how that translates to a game, but it's, good, it's a funny webcomic. Are you familiar with the trolley problem? No, yeah. I'm not. So it's, it's a psychological kind of a thought experiment about Oh, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Okay. This seems to be a, a, a play on that. Okay. It's like, you know, there's like a bunch of, you know, it's like your family is tied down on one side and the guy who will cure all forms of cancer is tied down on the other side. W which one do you sacrifice, you know? And it's, yeah, stuff like that. So this, so ma this makes it look fun. We used to have a card game that we used to take on road trips. I don't remember what it was called. One of you guys will probably remember, but it was just a deck of cards with questions like that. I think it was, oh, it was called Would You Rather. And, okay. I mean, it sounds like this is a very specific version of Would You Rather. Would you rather kill the kid with the ice cream cone or kill your grandparents? Um, but, yeah, it sounds like it's just that kind of thing. We used to take that on car trips with us back before we had smartphones. We have the book of questions, which yeah. is just kind of conversation starters, like, uh, you know, describe your perfect Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And it's just it's just a way to kind of pass the time. Describe your perfect Saturday afternoon. It's like, well, first of all, I sleep through the afternoon, and then I, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, is this a good point to pitch about Kickstarter real quick? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it was. Uh, I, I was waiting until you got to that. I saw. I saw you were joking with someone on Twitter because they put their quick Kickstarter project up on Twitter well, a couple of the days. That was pretty funny. A, a couple a couple of people the other day on Twitter got really were really butthurt over just Kickstarters. And it wasn't the problem that I have. It was like the opposite. They were mad because <laughs> like Roy's Kickstarter was successful and mine wasn't. I clearly made a superior game to his, and blah, 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 blah. And so that's what basically boils down to, that they were mad about. And they were said the problem with Kickstarter is it's, you know, I think the guy, he came up with some fantasy, like uh, it's a guy that played, like, four board games in their life, and they woke up and one day and decided to do a $4 million Kickstarter and blah, blah, blah. And, and still doesn't have an idea, but it's fully funded, and yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, and I'm like, I don't believe that happens ever. <laughs> you know, I don't think that ever, ever happens. Um, 
I truly believe, you know, it's people struggle. And, I, I mean, I get it being mad. I mean, it's not like I've had a, a Kickstarter, but I do understand. I've seen ones that I wanted to see succeed, and I'm like, why is nobody backing this? I don't understand. And then you see dumb stuff, you know, being backed, and yeah. My whole thing with it is is, is major companies doing it as just basically a glorified pre-order system. And it that hurts independent people because it's like, well, I was going to back your Kickstarter, Roy, but, you know, Cool Mini or Not has this new thing out and I had to go all in on that Kickstarter, so I don't have any money to back your project. So that kind of thing annoys me. And I think later in the show notes, in the show, we'll talk about uh, the new uh, Battletech Kickstarter coming from Catalyst Game Labs. Wait, another one? Yep. <laughs> well, the la- I think... The last Battletech one was for the uh, the video game. I think that was the last one. And that was a big one. That was a multi-million dollar, but it's done by a different company. This will be for miniatures and, and how, long, how long ago did that new Battletech starter set come out? That hasn't been out that long, has it? Uh, no, it hasn't. In fact, yeah. there has in the past 10 years, I would hazard to say there have been three new Battletech starter sets wow. and two different iterations of the rule book. And, uh, yeah, this is for the clan invasion. Okay. But we'll get there in a second. I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse. But, uh, <laughs> anyway. All right, Rich, tell me about Dark <laughs> Sir, Summer. We're going to make, make people wait for the Battletech news. I know. So, yeah, skipping ahead. Dark Summer is a, a play test that I'm starting up with a friend of mine. It's a Ted Racier game, um, the next in the... I don't know if it's called the Dark Series or whatever, but Dark Sands was a North Africa World War II game. Dark Valley is the uh, the Eastern Front, and then Dark Summer, which obviously hasn't come out yet because we're just playtesting it now. Uh, that's the Normandy Invasion, France, Liberation of Western Europe game. So I really don't know much about it. I've read the rule book. Um, I don't think I'm supposed to say much about it, except that um, I am doing some playtesting on that one. So that's definitely on my radar. I'm looking forward to that one. Now, how did you get involved with that one? Uh, a, f- a friend of mine, local friend, he got involved somehow. I don't know how he responded to a call for playtesters or whatever. And, yeah, he, he included me in it as well. So, Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Reminds me, Rich I've been uploading to BitTorrent here pretty soon. What's that? I said Rich is going to upload it to BitTorrent here pretty soon for all you Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be on... So if it comes uh, out on BitTorrent, the rich is the guy that did it. <laughs> it's going to be on uh, notrichardtrapier.com. <laughs> uh, it reminded me that um, I've been wanting to do a board game geek list entitled, like, Game Designers That Richard Personally Knows, and just and just see how many games pop up. <laughs> well, that'd be a pretty short list, but... But still, uh, there are some. You I mean, know more I am, than me. I am fortunate that I've got a couple game designers in my game group, so it's it's a, a rare pleasure. So actually, I guess I'm going to get to meet another one in a few weeks. Um, we interviewed him on the podcast a couple months ago, but um, Mike Denson is actually going to be coming into town for our August game day as well. So if you guys remember, we we did an interview with him a few weeks ago, a couple months ago maybe. Uh, he came out with the game The Last Hundred Yards which is a World War II tactical game from GMT. Um, it's interesting. You know, when, when I first heard about it, even like as we were interviewing, I was thinking, yeah, this sounds fun, but I have ASL already. So, But the thing is, it, it's not ASL, and he doesn't want it to be ASL. I've looked at games like like ATS and um, I don't 
I'm not sure about OST, but a lot of these games, I look at them and I think that's that's good, but it's it's trying to be something close to ASL. And The Last 100 Yards is not. It's it, it's a pretty different game with some new mechanics. Um, I've just, I just put it on my table and push p- counters around solo a little bit. I'm going to play it some more this Saturday. It looks like a pretty fun game. And it, like I said, it's it's cool that he's going to come into town on August 17th. Um, he's going to be up at Miniature Market. We're going to have our monthly game day there. And we're trying to bring in as many people as possible um, just to come play play the game with him. If you've never had a chance to play a game with a designer, I can tell you it, it is really fun. And um, it's, you know, it's probably a, a rare occasion that you get to do so. Uh, so I would certainly recommend that if you are anywhere near St. Louis and you want to make a day trip on August 17th, come into town and, and play the last 100 yards with Mike Denson. I uh, like how much traction it's getting on the internet. Yeah, we're trying. People people seem really interested in stuff. And see, that's the thing is, I I thought about like reaching out to like GMT and you know saying, "Oh, hey, you know, they're doing this, and is there something you could do?" I don't know what they could do. You know, yeah, I really don't. Again, my mind immediately goes to um, who's their art director? What's Uh, his name? I don't. Is he the director? You're talking about uh, man, I'm the guy that does all the art for them, or does most of the art. For yeah, them. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Oh my gosh, dead gummit. Roger McGowan. Joke. Roger McGowan. Yes, Roger McGowan. Okay. Yeah. yeah, my mind immediately goes to: Can we have an autographed picture, self-portrait of Roger McGowan <laughs> as a centaur? <laughs> okay. You know, that's just what I want. I want to reach out and say, you know, and just think. But then they'd be like, those guys are on drugs. We never <laughs> give them anything, ever. You know? come, on, I'm like, come on, it's funny. No, what, other, what other podcast is asking for this? You know, come on. Everybody, <laughs> else just wants, everybody else just wants free review copies. Not me, buddy. I just want that, uh, that self-portrait of Roger McGowan as a centaur. Autographed, of course. So, yeah, that'd be neat. But, yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool if they had, well, like, um... you should go out to uh, GMD, GMT's Weekend at the Warehouse and see if you can meet him and request that. That is true. Oh, I could make my like my own Roger McGowan t-shirt. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm asking to get arrested. Let's stop. Let's stop. No. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Because people aren't in on the joke. The, and, the, you know, they already thought I was weird at Dice Tower Con. So, yeah, anyway. So... What's and the then, next thing we've done? And then I'm also, yeah. so I'm working on a game room. My uh, oldest daughter moved out, and I've I've taken her bedroom, her old bedroom away. So um, right now it's just got shelves and games in it. Um, I think the next thing I need to do is figure out what to do what, about a table in there. So yeah, I've got folding tables, but I'm thinking about maybe getting a little bit of wood and at least trying to put a nice table topper on the folding tables that I have. So I've got something something fun to play on. So that's that's my next project. Uh, it reminds me of a local friend of mine um, made his own game table with complete with like a LCD screen in the middle for maps. Oh yeah. I'm like, Dad gum. He has like the coolest man cave like thing ever, and I, it just sucks that he lives like 45 minutes from me. Yeah. It's like, like an hour and a half round trip in order to like you know, and he won't start like gaming until like seven or something too. And I'm like, well shit, I have to like leave by like 8:30. To, you know, to come back over here and yeah, anyway, so whatever. Yeah, it's interesting because we were, I was talking to the, the manager of Miniature Market last week when we were talking about this whole 
uh, Mike Denson thing, and we just got off topic, and I was asking about Star Wars Legion, which I've talked about on this podcast before. I've talked about how much I like the game, but how it's just not really getting played in St. Louis for whatever reason. And he was saying that the re- he said, you know, they're selling out of everything they have. Uh, stuff is being sold. People are playing it. It's just that for whatever reason in St. Louis, people play their games at home. They don't they don't go to miniature market to play them for the most part. Now, there are exceptions to that because I see guys playing 40K. I see guys playing Magic the Gathering all the time. But apparently, for whatever reason, Star Wars Legion is just getting played a lot in people's homes. So that's part of the reason I want to get a nice table for myself, too, is because I'd like to be able to play more Star Wars Legion. Uh, it's probably Billy, the cashier. That's who it is. You He's driving so? all the people off. Yeah. I think he they doesn't yeah. deodorant and... No, 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 no. He's just a huge Star Trek fan. Oh, and he's yeah. really mad that he they don't have. He keeps like, wondering a when, game. The, when the Romulan yeah. faction is going to come out for Legion. Right. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so, yeah, he just drives those people right off. So anyway, so I mean, if you listen, Miniature Market, Billy, he, he's trouble. I know he's the owner's son and all, but you, know, <laughs> you got to do something. Billy Miniature. That's his name. Yes. That's it. <laughs> Billy Miniature. That is his name. All right. You there, BK. <laughs> see, yeah, now now we have the birth of a, a new T-shirt, an icon, a mascot. This is it. So I guess we already talked about uh, Dice Tower Con. We don't have an interview to give away, and so I guess we'll move on to news. Move on to news. Um, what is this news here off Reddit? This, what is this? This is the tariffs. Well, this might have been posted by me. Golden Bell was the company that was getting real surly and belligerent with people um and they're it's kind of a hot mess it's like it's their 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 tin shed in their backyard is kind of what golden bell is um so they i think and i was looking at this a little bit earlier they they're refunding money from kickstarter but there was some other game that they were on uh on kickstarter with and people were getting this seemed sketchy and there was yeah, it was kind of a hot mess. So, anyway. So, I know we've talked about this issue before, but I don't remember talking about this company. And I cannot remember what the name of the game was. It's not the Krilling Fields, which, which is what so, they're talking about here. It was a separate game, okay. Yeah. Is it one they, is it one he, like, they uh, kick-started? Yeah, and... Um, it must be Hissy Fit. What's that? His, I, I see the only other one on here is uh, Hissy Fit that okay. he did. It's a party game for adults featuring creativity, vice, and reckless behavior. Oh, and drinking and gambling. I just I, I remember reading a, a Reddit thread about uh, Golden Bell um, and about how it was kind of, I don't know, poorly run. So it looks like they're being sued, too. That? They're being rude. Sued. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sued. Oh, damn. Uh. Let's see. Um, I'm looking sketchy at all kick- the... Sketchy Kickstarters, Adam. That's that's right in your wheelhouse. Uh, it, yeah. And see, it, you, it makes me wonder. It's like, okay, who... You know, what... In, you know, what indie games do you think somebody passed up? You know, he only had, like, X amount of dollars that month. And instead of... You know, backing this other one, he you know he backed this one, and here you go, going to crap. Yeah. 
I don't get it. I still want to, yeah, I still want to do one, though, my my uh, fake Kickstarter, but my luck, I'd get sued over it, and it'll be a whole thing. But anyway. So well, I, think, uh, I think the other one, and I think we did talk about it before, I think it was Unbroken. Unbroken, yeah. okay. I think that was the game that we had talked about before. And that that was also Golden Bell, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. I just, I knew the company name rung, rung a bell with Hit rung a bell with you? <laughs> yeah. Roy's got jokes. <laughs> Unintentional, sorry. I'm not that clever. Um, you know, looking at that at the news thing, the Reddit uh link, it made me think we were, it was gonna be the Katie Adley thing, but uh I guess that's kind of died down, you know, yeah. enough to I haven't heard anything else about that since the con. I mean, haven't heard from her at all. So I'm I'm willing to bet we'll hear something at Gen Con because I'm pretty sure she's supposed to be there. (laughs) I think she was. I believe she was supposed to be there in an official capacity. If I were her, I think I'd get sick the day before I was supposed to leave and say I can't make it. Uh, I don't know. It's I don't know. It, it it may be she tries to you know low key go go to it or something. I don't know. Or she could lay low for a year or so and then try to c- launch a comeback. Yeah. She's going to run for president. <laughs> Even if she's British, she's going to run. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Anyway, uh, our next thing is we have a plethora of Star Wars news coming from Fantasy Flight. The very first thing is that uh, those big ships are back for X-Wing. You own any of those, Rich? No, I've never bought one of the big ones. The the huge ones, as they're called. No, I've never bought any of those. You know, with with X-Wing 1, there was... I can't remember which one it was. might have been the Tantif, but a lot of people would buy that just to get the C-3PO card. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's what people were doing. Yeah. And I, I've, I've seen so many people talk about that on the internet. Like, I never even took it out of the package. I just yeah. bought it for the card. <laughs> you know... I, I will say, uh, it, locally, it's like everybody owned them, but they only owned them for the cards. Yeah. They may have played them one time. They're gorgeous models. They really are. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> and they'd look good to display on your desk or whatever. Um, yeah. And honestly, my local shop was damn near giving them away uh, when whenever they moved. They clearanced them out super, super cheap. I'm talking you could get these things for like 30 bucks. But when they switched from one to two, you mean? Yes. Yeah, that makes and sense. And now here they're coming. They're coming re-released for 2.0, and they have a conversion kit. Right. So, Which means you, you can know, probably get the old model and the conversion ship for less than you can buy the new model for. I would think so. I I'll get the the Tanif uh, at some point. And uh, the only other one I like it was uh, whatever that Imperial one was. I thought looked pretty cool. I have that ship in Armada, and I like it. And I can't remember. Cause like the the it's um it looks like a kind of like a small star destroyer yeah whatever it is yeah so I, I might get those too but you know anyway you know I'm not sure did I put the link on here no I didn't but the other news for X Wing was e- epic battles are coming right and. <laughs> Look, me and a whole lot of other Armada players looked at that and go and went. That just seems like Star Wars Armada with extra steps. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I was actually thinking about that not because of the epic battles, but I was thinking of it because of um, 
because of the bigger ships, and it just made. I know you're always half joking, half seriously complaining about how there no expansions, but I think this is making the. Uh, I think this is this is your Armada expansion. Is there? They're saying we're not going to do Armadas to just play X-wing. I know it's weird. It's like you have like um, squadrons, like you know, instead of everybody flying independently, you, you know, you'll you'll fly in a squad, yeah. and you know, all this stuff and. I, I mean, honestly, you know, as annoying as I am, especially since we, uh, I think we actually got an update on the Armada Superstar Destroyer. It's on the boat. So is that, that the means, six foot ship? Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, the three foot ship, I think. <laughs> I think it's two and a half feet, something like that. I don't know. It's on the boat, so there you go. And um, yeah. So as a all Armada saltiness aside, this does seem like a really cool addition to the game to to make it neat and uh, to do, you know, the the big ships and all this stuff. Eh, my only problem is a personal one. My uh, X-Wing group is really small and really tight, so they basically kind of go, nah, we're not playing this. That would distract us from running this next tournament list. And so, eh. It's kind of like the situation what we talked about with uh, Privature Press a couple of episodes ago, you know, where, you know, people complain that War Machine has just become the tournament players. Well, at least for me locally, that's all there is. And you can, I mean, you can get an X-Wing game two nights a week, no problem. We have, uh, my local shop is going to host a hyperspace trial, which apparently is a big damn deal in like two weeks. Um, hopefully I will go to it and do some coverage and it'll be fun. But, uh, yeah, my local guys just aren't interested in this kind of stuff, which kind of makes me sad because I am, you know, I'd be like, especially because like, I'm one of the few guys, if not the only guy locally, that has just been buying 2.0 stuff. I, I never had a 1.0 collection. I never played X-Wing 1.0. And so I've just been building my stuff based on 2.0. Oh, yeah, that's the other shitty thing. is like they don't want to play um, hyperspace format. They want to play uh, what is it, open format where you can just build everything. Expanded, I think it's called. Expanded, yeah. yeah. Which hyperspace format? Not only is it's generally it's ju- it's two stuff. It's and only two stuff for hyperspace, yeah. yeah. And then they rotate it, it's and it's not even like, all two stuff. No, it's not. Yeah. And I find that fascinating. It, it makes you really think as like a strategist, or yeah. not that I am, but it just keeps you from like downloading uh, a list on right. the internet. You know, it totally changes the meta every time. Yeah. It, it says, no, okay, in this quarter, you can't use this these four cards or whatever. And they that made them mad. They were like, I paid <laughs> money for this. So, you know, I, you know, I paid money for this, and so I'm going to play it if I want to. And I'm like, all right, dude. So, well, okay. I mean, they can so, still play it if they want to. They just won't necessarily be able to play in, I mean, obviously the hyperspace championships, so... I mean, you can right. play what you want. You can do whatever you want. You can take the little models and play with Hot Wheels with Gaslands rules if you want to. You bought it, you own it, but that doesn't mean that you get to make the rules. That's true. So I guess they're gonna they'll you know swallow their bile to play in the hyperspace trial. <laughs> if they do, you know they may not. Um, you know, Legion is actually getting off the ground a little bit here, thanks to them, which is good. And uh, I kind of want to 
get some uh, play that some. Yeah. I picked up a whole bunch of uh, snow troopers on clearance from Target of all places. And, really? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Ah. In the store? Uh, no, it was online. Oh okay. So. There's going to be a Legion event here in St. Louis at the beginning of November, but there's no real details about it yet. There's just like, just just like announced that something is going to be coming, like some sort of championship or something. So I don't have any details for it yet, but. I'm keeping an eye on that to see what's going to happen. I, I do have details on that, actually. Warfare weekend? A, a, what's that? you talking about Warfare weekend? No, it's just it's going to be a, a multi-venue event at each person's house. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I'll have to have my Oh, that that's true, yeah. Some people are going to have, like, a Hoth table and some an indoor table. I'm just going to have a flat plastic folding table. That's <laughs> Alrighty, With then. just some Good. cardboard boxes for yes, terrain. Yes, absolutely. There's going to be like Pop-Tart boxes and microwave popcorn boxes. I might get a Quaker Oats so that I can get a tower going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, uh, continuing in the, uh, the Star Wars news, and uh, we have Tauntauns are coming. No, no idea if they smell good or not, or how they smell on the outside. Uh, they're up for pre-order now. Which are neat. Uh, the models look really cool. You know, I, I will say, I don't know how they're going to be on the table. Now, uh, I have a, a little bit of a beef here. They're, they're calling, calling them snow lizards. I never considered the Tauntaun to be a, a cold-blooded animal. I presumed it was yeah, a, you know, like a mountain I don't think a lizard like a mountain goat. very well in the snow. Yeah. You thought it you thought it would be a mammal? Like a mountain goat kind of kind of Yeah. Crazy. You know, okay. because Han stick Luke inside the Han time. They said it'll keep you warm until I can get the shelter built. Well, ah, that's a that's a good point. So I don't think they're lizards. I think they're warm blooded. I, I will say, Roy, as of right now, someone is screaming at their uh, radio or iPod, as oh. what it is, because we do not know the lore, the deep deep lore behind the Tauntauns. I thrive on your hate. What, what's, what you what you didn't know was you see Anakin Skywalker actually created the uh, oh yeah. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, like I said, uh, for you know, I'm doing a snow force. I want to take those dewback lizards and paint them white <laughs> and, and, and field them. Mm-hmm. Like these are my snow. Li- these are my snow lizards right here. There you go. That's what I want to do. So, uh, oh, I didn't even know they also have, um, you can attack with their horns and hind claws. I just don't, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think that I, just means I, they have a melee attack. The, yeah. the ATRTs have a melee attack, too. I, th- I always thought of them as more peaceful than that. I don't know why. Because <laughs> they're furry and friendly and they have big eyes. I don't know. Yeah. So it's the womp. Uh, Yeah. The, uh, the next thing we have, now, this is, like, uh, makes me really excited to play Legion, is the uh, the Clone Wars stuff. That, and it also really, really makes me excited to play Armada, damn it. And I really hope at Gen Con we get uh, Armada 2.0 and it's the Clone Wars box set or something, you know. I really, really hope so. But uh, this is the Bark... B-A-R-C speeder, which I don't know. I'm assuming that's from a cartoon. And the droid decals. Yeah, which are awesome. I mean, that's one of the best. The droid decals are one of the coolest things to come out of the, the prequels. 
Absolutely. And see, I want to do uh, I want to do a clone army just because they look cool and they get cool tanks. That dropship thing they got is awesome. But the droid army is just awesome. You know, they look really cool and, you know, they're just a bunch of crappy guys. So yeah. it's just this whole swarm tactic, you know. So, yeah, and these guys have shields, uh, the Dikaz, so I don't know. Yeah, it, I, I don't know how they're going to be. It'd be interesting to see if once the Clone Wars stuff comes out, I would imagine we're not going to see much new for Rebels or Empire for a while, just because they're going to need to add a bunch of new Clone Wars and uh, Separatist stuff out. That's my assumption, but I could be wrong. You know what happens when you assume. I make an ass out of you, but not me. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on, WizKids posts a new Star Trek Attack Wing preview. And again, this is really cool. This is from the, the uh, Star Trek cartoon. The graphics are all taken from that. Please tell me when these ships come out, they will be cel-shaded and look like uh, they did on the animated series. That would be so cool, a, a cel-shaded paint job on these miniatures. That would make me interested in actually playing Attack Wing again. How different are the rules? I know there's Attack Wing, Dragon Wing, X-Wing. Those are all basically the same game, right? Well, um, it's you know WizKids does Attack Wing, so they have it starts. They do uh, the Star Trek Attack Wing. There's the uh, the D and D Attack Wing. Dragon, and it right. seems like I think there's a there's another one, but yeah, it's all the same rules. Okay, it's something similar to to X Wing. You know, you have um, you don't necessarily have pilots on like these big ships but you can like crew them like you can put captain picard on them and you know stuff like that and you can do upgrades i was more interested in attack wing when these came out in the next wing because attack wing had uh these are capital ships you know i was hoping for armada and armada wasn't there um but yeah uh i really think like the board cube it looks pretty cool and apparently that's another faction that they um they have coming out you can pre-order it yeah there's a faction pack for that that you can pre-order as well as this um star wars uh sorry star trek animated series but i don't know i I cannot remember it playing much different uh it had specialty dice and you know blah 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 and it had its own little turn things and yeah so but this i just think the the ships would be cool you know if we get that so last but certainly not least, and uh, this is kind of old news at this point, uh, but we just got to the air two weeks later, uh, Warlord Games announces Bolt Action Korea, which I think is really cool because, uh, you know, they kind of ran the uh, Second World War into the ground, so it's the next step. I mean, that's what you're seeing, like, with, you know, ASL and whatnot. It's funny. Um, been yeah. A lot of Korea stuff in the last two or three years. And we've seen so much Korea stuff come out for, and I'm talking obviously Bolt Action, Hex Encounter games, just lots and lots of Korea games. And they all talk about how Korea is the Forgotten War, even though that's one of the most popular wars to come out in the last couple of years, I think. Yeah, I guess it's because, like, you know, we kind of jumped from, kind of jumped all, you know, almost immediately into Korea and then got that kind of dealt with pretty fast and then ended up in Vietnam which lasted longer. I think Korea was three years 
and uh, Vietnam was five-ish or something. I guess Again, not a, not a historian. Started, but yeah. And uh, yeah, and so it became more of the the uh, you know with the protest and you know all that kind of stuff. I don't know if there was a draft during Korea. I think so. I do think so because that yeah, because that's the whole plot point. If you watch F is for Family on um, Netflix, which is Bill Burr's cartoon, it's fantastic. The whole plot between between it was he uh, Frank had his whole life ahead of him. He had graduated uh, high school. And he wanted to become an airline pilot, and instead he got drafted, so he ended up in Korea, where he got shot and wounded, and so, yeah, anyway. Um, he's not, and he's, like, bitter about it the whole time. Uh, and, yeah, uh, so he was drafted, so, yeah, that was the thing. Anyway, uh, but... On this uh, Korea page, did you see the MASH miniatures at the bottom? Yes, I did. Those are amazing. Oh. Which, oh, wow. uh, I've been meaning to... I've been meaning to like rewatch that forever. Um, I used to watch it when it came on in reruns. Yeah, and it, people forget that it's like a dramedy. Oh yeah, yeah. That like there's some really deep, deep stuff uh, that is covered on that in the episodes, and uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it was pretty funny comedy. But yeah, it, it. I mean, it was like Scrubs or anything else. It had you know heavy drama in the background yeah. too, but. And there were some real innovative episodes, too, that, like, some of them were done backwards. Some of them were wholly in black and white. Uh, some of them were like a uh, uh, war footage, like, you know, like a, a newsreel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, one, they had a they had a clock that was constantly running in the corner that, that some guy had had some kind of surgery, and he had to, he had to make it, you know, 12 hours, and he was in the clear. Um so yeah, some some real kind of uh, uh, visionary uh, filmmaking with that. Interesting. I'll have to look that up. In this, I really like the uh, the the People's Army and uh, their tanks they're using. They're using those late war Soviet tanks. T thirty fours. It's yeah, and the and the bigger ones that they came out with. Yeah, they really went nuts there toward the end. You know, that's why I don't like late war. Um, I don't like late war um, flames of war though, because I prefer you know when I'm playing 15 millimeter to not have them armor dominate so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the, in the actual war, the armor didn't dominate as much because there just wasn't as much of it there. Um, the actual the actual armor pieces, the actual tanks were were more powerful, but there weren't as many of them as you would think if you do a lot of war gaming you know everybody likes to everybody likes to put the king tigers on the board but there were very few of those that ever actually saw any combat you're you're absolutely right they'll they'll put down like three of them in flames of war and they're like that's that's a whole army and i'm like well this is literally two-thirds of all of them that were ever produced Right. right here you know but whatever you know just how we do anyway so uh i think uh that's about it we we've ran this podcast down we have and um is anything left to say that i can think of no anything offhand stl war gamers or st louis historical gaming society as i think we're trying to brand ourselves our monthly game day is this saturday so it's the third saturday of every month um 
and obviously July 20th this month, and then uh, August 17th is the one we're, we're really trying to get a lot of people out for. It'll be our first first month actually meeting at Miniature Market, and again, we're going to have the uh, the designer of the last 100 yards there with us. So are you going to yeah. change venues then? Yeah, so we've been meeting at a church in, well, I say Dogtown. That doesn't mean anything to you unless you're in St. Louis, but um, it's a, a, it's my church. It's a storefront church we've been meeting at, uh, but we're moving out to Miniature Market just to try to get some more exposure. Ah, okay. Yeah. And Miniature Market's been great. They're working with us. They're going to you know give us some publicity on their website and everything. So hopefully it'll be a mutually beneficial arrangement because they'll sell more war games and we'll get more people in to play with. So is there a possibility for a t-shirt this weekend? So at the end of July, the ASL tournament, uh, I cannot go this year because I just, I've got other stuff going on that weekend, but I am going by to get your shirt. So, all right. Is there a chance to purchase another shirt at, at this point? Yeah, but it get delivered next year. <laughs> I should I should I double down, Roy? Should I should I double down on this uh on no, this this I, uh, uh Schrodinger shirt? I'm getting your shirt on July twenty seventh. It will be in the mail to you on July twenty ninth. Now it I may be a white t shirt that I just write ASL on in Sharpie, but you'll get something. <laughs> I have one of those. <laughs> yeah, but this one will say twenty nineteen on it. <laughs> that is true. Mm, that is very, very true. Maybe you can uh, eventually have a whole ASL ensemble, you know, like a like a jacket and a skirt and a cummerbund and and I need pants next. Yeah, there you yeah. go. That's well, what, you know, that's what I want. It should say ASL across the butt. That's what I want. <laughs> or STLWarGamers.com across the butt, and it, or no, it can say that down the leg. And it says ASL across the butt. Well, if it says That's ASL across the butt, people might get it. You know, they might have yeah, a different stuff. People are going to look at you from one side, and it's just going to say AS something. Oh, yes. I'm thinking it's the kids on Tinder or whatever. Age, sex, and location? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they still do that, but yeah, that's that's the thing. Okay. Well, or Yeah, for sure. So what is it? What is the uh, the tournament called? Uh, it's called July? The, the STL or St. Louis ASL tournament. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, and like I said, I can't make it this year, but I'm going to stop by on Saturday and just pick up a shirt and see the people there. All right, well, I guess that brings us to the end of the show. We're there at the end, and it is. This is the end. end. This is the end. And uh, hopefully I'll have this all nice and edited and put up uh, on, what, when, what is Tuesday? Let's say Wednesday, just in case. And, um... Yeah, it'll be all be good, and I can find all those things that we talked about that I didn't have a thing for. And there you go. Anyway, all right. so all right, see you guys later. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.